0: There. This is the Evolution Sermon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that our message makes your week a bit more awesome. See you in church. So leadership is a huge thing in Tivo, and we believe that everybody here has the capacity to lead. However, one thing that Tivo firmly believes in is that leadership is not a title. So you see, world, the worst version of leadership today is a title. No, you are a CEO of a company. You're a manager, or you're the CCA head, or you're in a committee. Uh, right? You're a class chairperson. You're the prefect student leader. Right? You have a title of a leader, therefore I must follow you. But the irony is that we still have pretty crappy leaders in the world. I, I, I don't mean like you know, we need perfect leaders, but there are leaders who simply cannot lead, but they are put in the positions of leadership. Leadership, at least how we see it here in TiVo, is about the person. The person who has the capacity to lead. Someone who has a great heart, a great character, and attitude in life. And in TiVo, we have great leaders, amen? And CJ always tries with us that she can put any leader into another ministry, even though it's not their primary strength, but the ministry can still grow. So one example here is Regina. So Regina is someone who is a leader, okay? No, she's currently the head of the accounts and legal department in church. Uh, she's also in charge of Change Our World, if you don't know, of which many of our COW events were planned by her and the team. Uh, she's also leading the adult zone together with Zuhan. So when Regina was younger as well, she also stepped into many other ministries. Okay. Now, she served and led in, that then we have cafe ministry, okay. We, we, we sell food also, okay? Uh, Building Maintenance Ministry, our Events Ministry, Guest Relations and CT for a short while. And even, she also served on the worship team as a keyboardist. And, and the powerful thing is that wherever she's serving, right, the thing is people will grow. The ministry will grow. And even if the ministry wasn't her primary strength, it will still grow because she is a leader. And when Regina steps into a ministry, she's able to provide vision, direction, administration and leadership. And not only making the ministry successful, but she also takes time to speak into people's lives right, and train them. Yes, awesome. Let's give her a round of applause. Okay, we must cheer for your leader, right? So you see, many of our adults here right, who grew up in church, especially if they were trained to become a leader in church, you know, when they go out, right, a lot of them receive good job opportunities. They, they impress their bosses and their colleagues and are valued by them. And the reason is because in church, they went through training, serving, and taking on responsibilities, and they grew in their character and capabilities. They know their strengths, they know how to manage their weaknesses, they are also people of high EQ, right? We talked about that the last few weeks. No, they know how to work under other leaders, and they know how to work in teams. So naturally, they are often the first few people to get raises and promotions. Just like how they rise up in church, they are also rising up in their workplaces, So again, leadership is never about the title. Leadership is about the person. And if you have substance as a person, no matter where you go, even if you start out as zero, right? Nothing, right? You will rise up. So youth here, listen, is the same as well in school. You know, you may just be entering your school, second one, right? Nothing, you're like like the first newbie in school, right? You're not a CCA head. You might not be the most popular person, but if you have substance, you will rise wherever you go you'll be able to lead and people will follow. So, a group of researchers have found that leaders uh, leaders come by their talents partly through genetics, but mostly through hard work and persistence. So, in fact, one study estimated that leadership is 24% genetic and 76% learned. So, you and I here today, we have a potential to become a leader. So, say with me, I am a leader. Turn to your friends beside you, tell them, you are a leader. You are. A leader. So, this brings me to the title of my message today, which is the 30, uh, 76% leader. Not 36, 76% leader. So, leadership is 76% learned. So, you don't have to born a leader to become a leader. In fact, even if you are born a natural leader, right, like what you say here, you're the 24% one, right? but you don't learn to harness your leadership skills, you're going to become a low-performing leader. You're just a 24% leader. And if you're born a 0% leader, guess what? You can still learn leadership and be better than an average performing leader. At least better than that 24% who's talented. So friends, you know, all of you here have at least a potential to become a 76% leader. So today, I'll be sharing with you three qualities you need to have to become a leader. Ready? So the first quality of leadership, or uh, we're going to go through a lot of L's, okay? So the first L is live. That is leaders live life well. Yes. Now, I'm not talking about the ability to enjoy a life. I'm sure everyone is very good at that. <laughs> I'm talking about having discipline in your life. You know, can you wake up on time? Yes. Now, are you always on time for meetings and appointments? Yes. Do you follow through instructions properly? Can you manage your own time? So you see, the opposite of living life well is living life poorly. Yes. And have you ever had a friend who you know lives like a haphazard life? You know they cannot wake up to save themselves, right? You know, they are always late for schools, meetings, appointments, or they, they don't take notes during meetings, and then they like forget what was being what went through during the meeting, or they come unprepared, or worse is like they tell you, oh, there's a meeting today, <laughs> right? Or they are forgetful. You know they are the kind of people who leave home without their keys. Or right, buy lunch, but then forget to bring a wallet. Or leave the stove on and then proceed to do other things and your mom look at you, correct? Or maybe they also are people who have a lazy spirit, right? They only do things at the very last minute and hand in maybe half-hearted work. Okay, I, I'm guilty of that, okay? Procrastination. I, I am guilty of that. <laughs> or maybe also they have no self-control over their finances. Yeah. They, they don't plan budget. They spend more than what they can afford or they spend money recklessly. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I won't pick this person as my leader. <laughs> so 1 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 5 in the message version, it's on the screen as well. It says, if anyone wants to provide leadership in church, good, but there are preconditions. <laughs> a leader must be well thought of, committed to their partners, cool and collected, accessible and hospitable. They must know what they are talking about, not be overfond of wine, not pushy but gentle, not thick skinned not money hungry. Oh, that's a lot of expectations there. They must handle their own affairs well, attentive to their own children and having their respect. For if someone is unable to handle their own affairs, how can they take care of God's church? So I love how Paul says this, right? You must be able to handle your own affairs well. Handle it and handle it well. So in simple terms, right, it's saying like, as a leader, you need to get your together. Okay, I censor myself. You need to get your life together. Okay, get your life together. I self-censor, okay? Don't need to censor me anymore. So you need to get your life together. And there are two things you can start doing to live life well. So the first thing is very simple. Be responsible. Okay, be responsible. So Matthew 24, verses 45 to 51, it's on the screen as well. It says, who here qualifies for the job of overseeing the kitchen? A person the master can depend on to feed the workers on time each day someone the master can drop in on unannounced and always find him doing his job. A God-blessed man or woman, I tell you. It won't be long before the master will put this person in charge of the whole operation. But if that person only looks out for himself, and the minute the master is uh, is away, does what he pleases, abusing the help and throwing drunken parties for his friends, the master is going to show up when he least expects it. And it won't be pretty. I'm telling you, it won't be pretty. And he will end up in the dump with the hypocrites out in the cold, shivering, teeth-chattering. Okay. So you see here, there are two kinds of people being described here. One who is responsible, right? the one who is doing their job faithfully. And then another person who is irresponsible, right? once the person is gone, then you wreck a have-all. Right? You go on a rampage. And it ends up that the one who is responsible will be the one that is chosen to lead. So you see, this is how leadership works people will follow you when they trust you that you can do your job even when they are not around. Leaders will pick you when they can trust you that you are a responsible person. So in the Bible, the idea of responsibility is often tied to the idea of faithfulness. To be responsible, you need to be faithful and be faithful with the little things. So Luke 16.10, it says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So one of the most responsible youths here in TiVo is definitely Ashley. She's at the back. She has the awkward smile. Okay, Ashley. So Ashley is one of our youth leaders and she recently came in as a volunteer staff as well. So I really love working with Ashley, uh, both in CG and on staff. Now she is someone that I can trust on to take charge of projects. And she will always do it faithfully on time, and excellently, and also meet their lines, right? And at the start of cycle, so at the start of this cycle, right, I met up with all the youth leaders and we set goals for LBF. And for Ashley, she has a goal to know 80 friends by eight weeks. Okay, sounds a lot. I'm gonna break it down. And I told her, you know, if we are gonna make this happen, right, every week you need to get to know 10 friends, right? 10 times 8 is 80, which is about two every weekday. And and what she did, catch me by surprise, the very next Monday when we start LBF, she went to North Point, not our usual spot, alone, to LBF on her own. And and for the following few days, she was faithful with it. She just keep going out, keep LBFing, keep meeting new friends. And up to date, we are currently at the end of the third week, right? Ashley has already met 41 new friends. She already passed the halfway mark. Awesome. Now, okay, maybe some of us here say like, because she's super passionate about people, that's why she's like, wow, so on, right? But her faithfulness wasn't only to LBF. She is also someone who is faithful and responsible with her other tasks. So in a CG, she's the person who is always on time to send in her daily updates about people's work. On the worship team, she's in charge of preparing the backing tracks every duty. In the leadership team, she's in charge of administrating our recent leadership training sessions. She's also put in charge of land, right? All the things that you see on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, she churned them out, she filmed the latest on Sunday, and then she posted it out. She's also part of the events planning team who is planning the escape room hangout this week. On top of this, she's doing LBF. She's running all things. And at the side, she's also teaching part-time, part-time tuition. Now, the catch is this, okay? You see... Opportunities keep coming to her because she is someone who is faithful and responsible. Starting with the little things. So, all the young people here, will you be responsible and be faithful with the little things in your life? You know, maybe it's as simple as your leaders ask you, can you be faithful with your Bible reading plan, right? You know, will you make the effort to be faithful in reading a Bible? You know, every day just try to tick one box, and then you will get to five boxes at the end of the week. You know, to be on track with it. Or maybe your leader asks you to arrange for an outing with your friends. We will be faithful with it and follow through, right? Yeah. Don't wait till next uh, week, next week, next week, next week, next week. Then next year already, okay? <laughs> you see, a leader is a responsible person. Yes. So the second is that a leader must learn to prioritize. Yes. Now, I'm sure most of us here, we have gone overseas before, right? Yes. no. have you ever tried packing a suitcase? And notice how much more you can fit in if you decide to just fold and put it in. Right? Rather than just dumping it in. I want to say that's the same for your life. The better you organize yourself, the more you'll be able to pack it in. Which means more time for family and friends, more time for school, more time for yourself, more time to do the things that you want to do. So, Stephen Covey, author of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, came up with this model called Time Quadrants. And it is extremely helpful in helping you prioritize in life. Yes. So, the model is made up of two ingredients, okay? Important and urgent. Yes. Very simple. Important means it has to, something has to do with results. Yes. If something is important, it contributes to your mission, your values, your high priority goals in life. Urgent are things that are usually visible. No, they, they press on us, they insist on immediate action and attention. So let's quickly go through right, in each of the quadrants. Right? So quadrant one are things that are urgent and important. Okay, they are crisis, right? pressing problems. Some phone calls you need to pick up. Okay, you need to pick up. Okay, don't, don't, don't wait for the person to hang up, that kind of thing. Uh, deadline-driven projects. They are important, they are urgent. Homework due tomorrow, they are important, they are urgent. Yes. Now, quadrant two are not urgent, but they are important. So for example, relationship building, right? Relationship with God, you need to acquire quiet time, relationship with people. Planning in your life is important. Personal growth is important. Learning, seeking opportunities. Exercising is important. Not urgent, but it's important if you want to live long and well. So that's quadrant two. So quadrant three are things that are urgent but not so important, right? Interruptions, like your friend asking you how you're doing. Hey, you know, spend time with me. Some phone calls are urgent but not important. Some emails are urgent, not important. Some meetings are urgent, not important. Popular activities are urgent and not important because if you miss that time, you're no longer in trend. Quadrant four are the best part, right? Not urgent, not important. The things that we love doing, right? <laughs> Come on, Okay. There are trivial things, playing games, one ML match, woo, here, yeah, awesome. Scrolling social media, t- TikToks, do a few drafts, you know, and then throw it away, all right? Taking a nap, it's not urgent and important, unless you are deprived of sleep, maybe it's important, okay? So in general, we spend our time in different quadrants. So... I'm gonna start going more in-depth in quadrant one, okay? So things that are both urgent and important. So this deals with significant results that require immediate attention, right? And people usually call this crisis or problems. So people who live solely in quadrant one are crisis manager, they are problem-minded people, and deadline-driven producers. Okay, sounds good, but not the best, okay? (laughs) Then as long as you focus on quadrant one in your life, you know, things will keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, until it dominates you. So, like Stephen Covey mentioned in his book, it says that it's like a pounding surf. A huge problem comes and knocks you down, right, and you're wiped out. Then you're like, ah, okay, get back up. Then the next thing you know, it's another wave, hit you again. And then it knocks you down and slams you to the ground. So you'll find in life, right, like some people are just constantly, every single day you wake up, right, they get beaten down. Like problems, 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 problems. And the only relief they have in escaping is to their happy place called Quadrant 4. To their non-urgent, not-important activities. So these kind of people, right, if you look into their overall matrix, right, they will spend 90% of their time doing the urgent important, right, like crisis. And then they spend 10% of their time you know, revert back into Quadrant 4. Right? And they pay little attention to Quadrants 2 and 3. So it says here, results of people who spend most time in Quadrant 1 is people who feel often stressed, Burnout. you're always managing a crisis, you're always trying to put out fires. Now, let's move on to the next quadrant first, okay? skip quadrant two, we'll go to quadrant three. So, there are also other people who spend a lot of time in quadrant three, okay? Urgent but not important, but they are thinking it is in quadrant one. So, they spend most of their time reacting to things that are urgent, assuming that they are also important, right? Phone calls from your friend, Right. You thought it was important, but then maybe they just want to hey, hi, how are you doing? Right. Or maybe they just, I want to gossip about this person. Right. Or, or your 9-9, 10-10, 11-11 sales. Right. You cannot miss it. Right. If you miss it, right, you won't get your bargain anymore. But the reality is that the urgency of these matters is often based on the priorities and expectations of others instead of yours. Your friends want your attention. Businesses want you to spend more. So the results of people who spend most time in Quadrant 3 are people who have short-term focus. They are also managing crisis. They are, it says here, reputation, chameleon, character. Okay, you only care about what affects your reputation. They see goals and plans as worthless. Right? And they are often feel victimized, out of control, and they have shallow or broken relationships. So now, I know you're starting, starting to like, is this me, is this me, is this me, right? Okay, Hang on, I'm gonna go through all the quadrants, okay? So there are also some people who love Quadrant 4. Who here loves Quadrant 4? Oh, don't be don't be afraid. I love Quadrant 4. So, so they indulge in activities that are neither important nor urgent, right? Playing games for half a day. Binge watching two seasons of Netflix in a day. Taking a bit too many naps when you're supposed to work. Now, okay, relax. It's okay to treat yourself once in a while. But if it's causing you to drop in your productivity, then you might want to reprioritize your time. So, results of people who spend most time in quadrant four are people who lack of responsibility. They are unreliable. They always live their life guilty. They are unproductive. And last one, I love this. No one likes working with you. Oh, okay, okay. All right, okay. Now, let's go back to quadrant two. Okay, quadrant two is where leaders operate. So it deals with things that are not urgent but they are important. It deals with things like building relationships, like I mentioned just now, setting goals and missions, finding your why, long-range planning, exercising, preventive maintenance, preparation, all the good stuff that we need to do but somehow we don't do it. (laughs) Because they aren't urgent. There's always tomorrow. So now the results of people who spend most time in quadrant 2, they are people who have high productivity. They feel in control of their life. They have good well-being, okay? Physical well-being, mental well-being, emotional well-being. So I know sitting here, you realize that you might fit in, into well, right? In all the quadrants except quadrant two, okay? So now here's what you can do, okay? So if you're in quadrant one, or you find yourself like, hey, actually that quadrant one, I relate to it a lot, right? What you can do is to learn to manage. Learn to manage your time here. In life, there are things that are urgent and important, but if you can keep it as little as possible, that'll be awesome, right? And especially if in quadrant one is because you're procrastinating. Okay, if you can do it early and get it done, but then you procrastinate and then now it's in quadrant one, then it's preventable. <laughs> so don't let crises and problems take up majority of the time. So now, if you are the good, okay, you are in the quadrant two, you are super high productivity, right? Then learn to focus your time there. This is very important. Now, quadrant three, learn to avoid. Learn to say no to unimportant things. You know, you don't have to attend to every single thing that is not important or urgent to you. Of course, you have to bear in mind. Maybe it might be important for a friend. That is a consideration. Okay, but learn to say no. It's okay to say no. Now, if you are in quadrant four, Learn to limit. Okay? Again, don't stop doing these things. It's okay to take some time off, but just do them a little bit you know, less often. Practice self-control in your life. So youth here, listen, prioritize your time. Now, this is like a simple framework, but it takes effort to do it. Don't just learn and then cool, you know, put in your notes and then see you next year, right? So learn to prioritize at times and there are just three simple steps you can do to do it. So number one, just start a to-do list. Okay? List down your weekly to-dos. This is the basic. If you want to be a leader, you need to know what you're doing in your life. Start a to-do list. Second, identify which quadrants that does these to-dos fall into. And then afterwards, learn to schedule in your priorities from there. Right? Put in the important things first. Things that are important to put it down first. So friends, if you can start prioritizing your life and live for the important things, then you will start living life well. Okay, so a leader must learn how to prioritize their time. So that's the first L, live. Now let's go on to the second L, is number two, learn. That is, leaders are learners. Come on, say it with me one time. Leaders are learners. So Luke 2, 41, It says, each year, his parents, this is Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, okay, Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to their custom. After the festival was over, they were returning home, but the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. Supposing that he was among their band of travelers, they journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and putting questions to them. Everyone who heard him was amazed by his understanding and his answers. So you see, Jesus, when he was younger, he was a learner. Now, for many of us here, right, No, we all had been a student once in our life, correct? Or you are a student now. But there is a difference between a student and a learner. A student waits for their teacher to teach. A learner press in to others to learn. A student takes a passive approach to learning. A learner takes an active approach to learning. So leaders are learners. Proverbs 18, 15, it says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Now, how many of you want to be intelligent people? Oh, there's only like three hands. Okay. It's okay. Everyone here, you can be intelligent, right? So how how can we become better um, learners? The first thing you can do is to read. Leaders learn by reading. So a couple of examples I'll give you, right, is Warren Buffett. So he's the chairman and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, one of the top three richest men in the world. And he says that he spends about five to six hours a day reading at least five newspapers and also read through pages and pages of financial documents every single day. And even today, Warren Buffett spends around 80% of his time reading. Now, another person, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah started reading at age of three. And soon she discovered that there was a whole new world to conquer through reading. And she also says that, you know, books widen her imagination and see the world beyond her own four walls. And that books give her the possibilities to move forward and achieve more in life. So now let me convince you a little bit, okay? So a few reasons why you should read. Number one, reading elevates our thinking. I think things is very excited about this. Reading elevates our thinking. So, like what Oprah Winfrey says, reading widens our imaginations and allows us to see the world beyond ourselves. And that's how you grow. The moment when you are you can challenge your own thinking. And that's why leaders who have Know who read have greater wisdom and they mature faster. Because they are constantly elevating their thinking and seeking to improve themselves by reading. The second reason is reading multiplies our experiences. So we always say this, right? YOLO. I know it's like a, a term in the past, but YOLO. You only live once. But what if I told you that you can experience multiple life experiences in one lifetime? You can do that by reading. You see, reading is the easiest way to see things from other people's point of view. And you may begin to gain additional life experiences from other people and learn from them. So reading is a tool that allows a leader to relate with other people even though their lives might be very different, right? I I don't have to be doing what you're doing to relate to you. I can read about someone who has a similar experience to you, then I relate to you. I know it may not be perfect, but it gives me a chance, a greater capacity to lead you more effectively. And number three, reading allows us to spend time with great people. Think about that for a moment, right? So you may not have lunch with, let's say, Warren Buffett or Oprah Winfrey, right? Or Bill Gates or great leaders who have passed on. I mean, unless you join them. But, but you can spend as much time as you want with them as you read the materials that is written by them you can go to the end of a chapter flip back to the start read again and then go through their life again right and now now I just want to sidetrack a little bit so young people here you you cannot say you love God if you don't read your Bible the Bible is the perfect book for you to understand God spending time with God to understand Jesus what he went through and to learn all the great people mentioned in the Bible so let me upsell the Bible a little bit okay so I mean think about it right the Bible is the only book in history that broke the charts, being the best-selling book for 2,000 years. Cool, huh? Its genre, you'll be amazed by this, its genre covers leadership, law, ethics, philosophy, literature, history, even architecture, politics, self-help, you want romance, it has it, true crime is inside as well, thriller is also inside. You name it, it has it. Now, and the more you read and you go like, wow, you know, God, you're such a great God. And you know, you read about Moses, but Moses, you're so timid, but God can use you to do great things. And you know, Solomon, wow, he's so wise. I speak the Bible, you know how I see you? What, all wisdom. I can apply your wisdom in my life. And you know, on Jesus, you teach me how to become compassionate to others. Or you could even learn from the mistakes of other people in the Bible. So friends, reading, especially reading the Bible, is a good start, allows you to connect with God. Yeah. Now, listen, again, we're living in a time in human history, right, when we easily have access to a lot, a lot, a lot of resources. Yeah. Now, I go, even if you are not a leader, you can still access all of these resources and learn a thing or two. Yeah. And you'll probably be better than half a leader in the world. So make use of these resources, read, gain knowledge, grow your hunger to learn. So friends, if you want to be a leader, a learner, you've got to start reading. Now, the second thing is observe. Leaders are observant. Proverbs 22, verses, uh, verse 29, it says, Observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. So we always teach in TiVo that a lot of things are caught, not taught. And it is up to how observant the learners are to pick up things to learn from others. So research shows that our brain only retains 10% of what we hear, 20% of what we read, and 80% of what we observe. So you think about it, if you can read and you can observe, you are maximizing your learning potential, right? Observation is your greatest tool in learning. So I would say most of the leadership skills I picked up is when I am with my leaders, when I'm just hanging around CJ or the rest of the ASLs or my friends, and sometimes I see how my leaders interact with you guys. I go like, wow, that's what a leader does. You know, I need to learn that too. Yeah. So one moment, you know, last month, right, um, CJ noticed that the primary school youths weren't here for gathering, and I told her because they were busy with their tuition, they're preparing for their PSL this year. But the next day, CJ texted Angeline, okay, one of our, our P6 youth, right, to encourage her for studies. And what happened is that Angeline felt very touched about it, was very encouraged, and she shared it with the team. Very, okay, it's cut off, it's very. I tried to crop into like one screenshot. But, but for me, it was in that moment that I learned through observation that a leader pays attention to details. And it is in the little ways that we connect to a person that can change someone's life. You know, CJ didn't sit me down and teach me about it. I had to observe and learn. And this is just one of the countless and countless of times I've learned by observing other leaders and even you guys. So here's what I want to challenge all of you, especially young people here. Our relationship with our leaders should be intimate, but it should also be intentional. Observation requires us to give our attention. It requires us to walk into the room and pay attention to the people we are with. Observation creates opportunities to learn. And sometimes we observe, of course we might not learn straight away, we have questions. And then we ask those questions, we press in and we ask our leaders and we learn when our leaders teach us. So again, will you be intentional in your relationship with your leaders today? So everyone here, this is a very important skill set to have if you want to succeed in life, not just being a leader. If you want to attract great people into your life, be observant and learn. Yes. Be hungry to press in to the people around you. Yes. And I will say all of us sitting here, we have the privilege of being led by great leaders here. Don't waste those opportunities. Yes. You know, yes, have fun. I, I would like to have fun. Build relationships, but also be intentional in learning. Yes. Observe, ask, learn. Yes. So still with me? Yes. So the last hour for today is number three, Listen. That is, leaders are great listeners. So, the fact is that most people are good at hearing, but they are not good at listening. Let me begin a difference here, right? There's a difference between hearing and listening. To hear means you perceive sounds, to listen requires you to be attentive to what you hear and process that information. I'm pretty sure all of us has encountered this. Have you ever sat down with someone and hear them talk? Then suddenly your mind starts to wander and wander, thinking about every other thing except the thing that the person is talking about. And you just, not, not, oh, 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 right? But you don't actually understand what the person is saying. That is hearing. And very often they'll tell you, hey, are you listening to me? Okay, this is key for all relationships, okay? Now, leaders don't hear, leaders listen. So there are two ways to start listening better. Yeah. The first one is to listen in. Yes. So Proverbs 2, verse 2 to 6, is on the screen as well. It says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now, listening in is about giving and receiving. To listen in, we need to first give our attention. Right? Verse 2, it says: tune your ears, concentrate on understanding. So I know we live in a time when our attention is split very thin, right? Now, there are so many things happening in a the moment. There are so many sounds happening in the moment. And at home, you might be studying, right? You plug in audio field, you plug in the music, correct? You put on some uh, nice lo-fi music for study. Then your parents is in the room talking to you. Your, your siblings is behind you playing mobile games, right? Or maybe some of you, you have mosquito in your room. All at the same time. Too many things happening at once, right? And and growing up in this kind of environment, we are preconditioned to filter out these sounds in our lives to try to concentrate, right? And these sounds that are not important. But some of us, we might be too good at that to the point that we stop giving attention to people around us or when they are talking to us. So, by the way, youth, very, very common. I know AirPods, headphones, very cool. But wearing them when someone is talking to you, no cool. And I know you can say, I can hear my oh, high technology, I can hear, right? But I know that you are not listening because there is something playing in your ear. Or that you, you are just simply showing that you're not interested in the person talking. And know you've heard, don't do that. Show respect to the person talking to you. Even if you're ordering a cup or Starbucks, you know, show, atten- give attention to the person. So to listen in, we also need to receive, right? We say about giving, now we need to receive what the person is saying. Which means on our part, we need to make an effort to understand, to evaluate, and respond to that piece of information. So studies have concluded that there are actually five stages of listening. Every time I read this, I was stunned. I was like, I'm only at number two. (laughs) Okay, so number one is receiving. So at this stage, we are just hearing the message. Number two is understanding. We attempt to learn the meaning of the message. Number three is remembering. If you can't remember something that was said, you might not have been listening effectively. Okay? So if in school you're stuck, maybe you're not listening in class. Number four is evaluating. It's when you start conducting an analysis and make a judgment on the value of the message. And lastly, Responding. It's a stage where you indicate your involvement. You know, you decide to take action or to respond. Yes. So our ability to listen in determines how far we go into these stages. Yes. And most people, you know, including me, we are either stuck at stage one or two, right? We hear, or we all, or, or. or we hear, then we listen and we understand. Okay, done. But then nothing's been done. But the best listeners, especially leaders, can listen in and progress all the way to stage five. Yes. They can listen in and can give the right response. So Matthew 13, 23 says, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as you planted. So listening in is like what it says here, you hear and you understand and you'll be able to produce a harvest of 30, 60, 100. So everyone here, give your attention to the people around you. Listen in, allow allow those words to sit in. Don't be too quick to speak. Evaluate and then act on it. So a leader needs to listen in to be effective in leading. Last but not least, number two, listen out. A leader must also have the ability to listen out. So listening out is the ability to pay attention to your surrounding and knowing who or what to focus on and listen to. Yeah. So one of my favourite sports is soccer. When, why I love it so much, uh, more than just the sport itself, is the atmosphere you know, in the stadium, right? When everyone is like cheering for your favourite team. So last year, I, I um, one of the, my favourite soccer team, Liverpool, came to Singapore for their pre-season and went to catch them live at the Sports Hub. Oh, it's a bit love, because I took panorama. And, and it was the first time I, was, I saw the stadium, our national stadium packed with like 50,000 people, okay. So everyone was excited, they were all shouting, you know, fan cheers, you know, cheering nonstop for 90 minutes. And I've been there, I've been there and I tell you, it was really, really loud. You can't even hear the person beside you talking. But, but when I look at the players on the field, I go, you know, how are they able to hear their managers giving instructions? from the touchline. You know, how are they able to hear their team captain who's like half the field away shouting, you know, pass the ball, right? But yet, all the players can recognise those familiar voices and they are able to play the pass when someone calls for it. And here's what I think. The players have the ability to listen out. They are aware of the space they are in and they are focused on the voices that need to be heard. And that's how, you know, we have a team of 11 players able to each played their part to lead the game, to give instructions, to ask for a pass, to tell the other teammates to shoot or run. Yes. So friends, a leader must have the ability to listen out. Yes. Leaders need to listen out to what's happening around them, yes. to gain awareness of their surrounding, to read the room, to identify culture, to identify the needs of the people in the room, yes. to, to know what your leaders and your friends are doing and to flow with it. To know what God is doing in this room and to flow with it. So last verse for today, John 10, 27, and it says, My sheep hear, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So young people here, if you say you want to become a leader, will you make a decision in your life to start listening out? Listen out to important voices. Listen out to your friends who are speaking to you. Perhaps they are challenging you in your life. Listen out when your leaders are talking to you. Learn to flow with it. Listen out to God's voice when you're here in gathering, when you're in the room. Listen to the Holy Spirit speaking and flow with it. And that's when you gain the ability as a leader to lead effectively. Amen? So just to recap, again, 76% of leadership is learned. Don't give yourself excuses. No, we all can become leaders here. And you start by learning to live, know to be responsible, to learn to prioritize in your life. Number two, to learn, start loving to read, no, learn to observe. Number three, listen. Listen in, and also have the ability to listen out.